In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, welcome to worship as the beloved people of God. The psalm writer in Psalm 96 calls us to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. And just a couple of announcements this morning I'd like to call your attention to. Please note the drive through bake sale will be on October 25th, one week from today. And orders can be picked up under the carport at the church from 10 a.m. until noon on Sunday, October 25th. And those who are donating items for the bake sale, please note the church will be open for you to drop off baked items on Friday from 5 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 until 4. Thank you for your support of the drive through bake sale. Remember in prayer today, those who are listed and also Perry and Sally Kallenbach. Perry is hospitalized at this time. And we remember the family and loved ones of Ron LeBlanc, who died on October 11th at Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. The family of Ron LeBlanc will be waiting until the pandemic passes for a memorial service at a later time. We remember the family in our prayers today that God will bring them comfort. We are in the season of the church year that focuses on the mission Christ calls us to, empowered by the Holy Spirit given at Pentecost. And we hear the Spirit's call in the midst of the stress and struggle of life in this world. The Spirit calls us to follow Jesus. In the words of the hymn, Day by day I know you will provide me strength to serve and wisdom to obey. I will seek your loving will to guide me or the paths I struggle day by day. Before we hear our scripture readings, let us begin with the prayer of the day. Sovereign God, raise your throne in our hearts. Created by you, let us live in your image. Created for you, let us act for your glory. Redeemed by you, let us give you what is yours. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In the scripture reading, the first reading today from 1 Thessalonians, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, in God's grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our faith, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and your labor of love and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you, because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia, for the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols, to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven who raised, 
who he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. Here ends the reading. In our gospel reading for today from Matthew, the 22nd chapter, the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one. For you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, What is this and whose title? And they answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. And so here's a simple question. What do you think? It's a mathematical question. A wiffle bat and ball cost a dollar and ten cents. The bat costs $1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? The vast majority of people who respond to this simple math question respond quickly and confidently and say 10 cents. The ball costs 10 cents. That answer may seem obvious, but it is the wrong answer. The correct answer is 5 cents for the ball and a dollar and 5 cents for the bat. If you got it wrong, you can take comfort in the fact that 50% of students at Harvard, Princeton, and MIT routinely get tricked by this question and get it wrong. Now, let's raise the bar with a political question. Is it right, just, and good to pay taxes to a government whose army is occupying your homeland and imposing their rule over your life? The answer to this question had high stakes for Jesus. Jesus was asked this kind of question by two religious groups, Herodians and Pharisees, who didn't agree on much of anything except their desire to nail Jesus. The Herodians were pro-Roman, always ready to bend their religious conviction for the sake of obtaining favor with the government and with Herod, the Roman appointed ruler. Herodians willingly used Roman coins. The Pharisees, however, were the pious, observant Jews who held strictly to religious law. Pharisees were offended by the use of Roman coins like a denarius. A denarius coin minted by Tiberius Caesar Augustus, the emperor, Roman emperor, minted with his image on the coin and the words on the coin proclaiming Tiberius Caesar Augustus, high priest, son of God. In a calculating and scheming Moses into saying something wrong, which they could use against him. Tell us what you think, Jesus. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? If Jesus answered yes, the Pharisees will be angered and claim Jesus' loyalty is to the emperor and not to God. If Jesus answered no, these will claim Jesus is a political rebel out to subvert the power of Rome. 
But Jesus knows these two religious groups are up to no good. He asks to see one of the coins. When they hold up a denarius, Jesus asks, Whose head is this? Whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Jesus said, Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and give to God the things that are God's. And these sly, hypocritical religious folks from both groups were astonished by his aunt walked away in amazement. That quieted those who sought to take Jesus down. But Jesus' response has also brought about a disquiet for all who have since followed, for we all know from experience that what belongs to the government is a tricky question. We have become acutely aware of that in our present political climate in an election season. How candidates for elective office intend to create revenue and how they intend to spend. And it is tricky to know just how political choices will work themselves out. Will they bring about just and good solutions? Our vote choices at the ballot box mean we are committing ourselves to political positions. Choices get tangled up in competing claims. I think Jesus understood this reality for both the Herodians and the Pharisees. And he does not give either group an easy black and white answer. Jesus' response suggests, though, that everyone who is making choices needs to give legitimate governing authorities their proper due. And what does that and what that does is put the responsibility for deciding what are just and legitimate priorities and claims back on us. The responsibility is on our shoulders. May we all be prayerful as we as our right and responsibility as citizens to vote. Now everyone who listens to Jesus is compelled to ponder the meaning of the second half of his response to the Herodians and Pharisees. Give to God the things that are God's. The emperor printed his image on a coin, a minted denarius. Long ago, God did some minting of his own. God imprinted his image on human beings. Genesis puts it this way. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Genesis 1.27 you are created in the image of God. I am created in the image of God. Is there any part of your life that is not covered by God's image? It's my whole life is God's. So there is not a slice of me or a slice of you that is not covered by God's image. All of who and what we are is given by God and is under God. You will remember Jesus' words. We cannot serve both God and mammon, for either we will hate the one and be devoted to the other, or vice versa. None of us can serve two masters. The consequences of acting like we can have it both ways will catch up to us. John D. Rockefeller, at the age of 54, this incredibly successful businessman was given one year to live. His life up to this point had been an intense and greedy chase after accumulating and amassing wealth. In the process, he earned the hatred of his employees and a number of physical ailments. He was suffering from incessant insomnia. He had lost his hair, 
and he could only tolerate a diet of crackers and At this critical point, when he received his life-ending diagnosis, Rockefeller's life turned around. He imagined himself in a new way and caught a vision for a new mission which included focusing on serving others. He made a commitment to give of his wealth to the needs of people. After this life change, where I would say he discovered his core image, the image in which he was created, miraculously his health rallied, he slept soundly, and he lived to the age of 98. What we seek to discover and rediscover over and over in our life as Christian people and in our Christian community, the church, at United Lutheran Church and in every Christian congregation, what we seek to discover and rediscover is the image God created us in and to give to God what belongs to God. All of our giving is practicing practicing living out of our core image that we and everything we call ours belongs to God. Scott Peterson wrote in a recent devotional reflection on this gospel about a personal experience. I was walking along the sidewalk one day and I heard someone calling, Scott, Scott. I didn't recognize the voice and so I kept on walking toward my destination. And then I heard the voice again, Scott, Scott. And I turned to see if the voice was truly calling me, and what I saw surprised me. A young man was walking briskly, dodging in and out of the pedestrians on the sidewalk, continuing to call my name. And suddenly I saw what was in his hand. In his hand was my wallet. It had fallen out of my pocket. And this person who I didn't know had picked it up and was trying to find me, Scott, to return it to me. With thanksgiving in my heart, I turned and I held out my hand to receive my wallet from the hand of this stranger. This story that Scott tells about himself is a great way, I think, for us to picture what Jesus is getting at when he says, give to God the things that are God's. God put in our hands something like a wallet. Well, more than a wallet, sure. Every day placing the God-given image, representing everything we are and everything we have. And with that, placing in our hands the responsibility of choices. Choices as citizens to use our God-given wisdom to discern the votes we cast, how to do what is just and right. Choices as stewards to use our time and talents and treasure to serve a greater purpose than just taking care of ourselves. Every choice becomes a call for us. God calling your name and mine, asking us who we are, calling us to live out our lives. And so may we do so, living out our lives in honor of God and of God's image in us. Let us pray. Oh God, you created us in your image and you call us by name today. We belong to you. You join yourself to us in holy baptism where we died with Christ and we were raised with Christ. And so we belong to you forever. In the midst of the stress and struggle of this life, 
In the midst of all our choices and loyalties, you come to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may your Spirit guide us in the choices we make each day. Give us wisdom, grant us courage, that we may honor you, the God we love and adore. We pray today for wisdom in our balloting that leads to right use of taxation with laws that reflect justice for all, with tax revenue directed toward worthy ends from citizens honest and fair in their payments so our nation may be preserved in unity. We pray for an abundant harvest for farmers Bless and care for those whose hand bring the fruits of the earth to the tables of all who hunger. Instill in us a deep care for your creation, a desire to work to feed the hungry. O oh God, all of us and all of our lives belong to you. And so we pray today for those who suffer in any way, in body, mind, or spirit. We pray for those suffering from coronavirus. We pray for those from our own community who we name before you today. Colleen, Songhee, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Bonnie, Gary, Adele, John, Perry, Sally, and those we name before you. Grant healing and wholeness we pray. And we remember before you those who grieve the loss of loved ones, the family and loved ones of Ron LeBlanc. Comfort them and bring them hope in this time. Risen Lord Jesus Christ, you went ahead of us into the grave and defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. We remember those who have died, especially those most dear to us. Inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. And of that day, we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. And now we pray the prayer the Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Amen.